Today's scripture reading is on page 10 of your booklets. It's Revelation 7 verses 9 to 17. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and peoples and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood around about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honour and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence they came? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he sitteth on the throne, shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them unto, unto living fountains of water, and God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, I'm not, I, I did a little bit of digging um, earlier this week trying to think and see if a particular show that I'm about to talk about, actually anyone here would know about it. <laughs> because, in case you don't know, uh, my passport is from a different country. And so much of my growing up life uh, and much of my adult life has been in that country. And so sometimes cultural references or things that I participated in and saw, I, not quite sure that you would have seen it. And so I did some research, and from what it appeared to me, there is a chance that maybe you saw this show. Then again, you might not have, not because it didn't show here, but because when I tell you the name of the show, you will be like, you are a nerd. Um, so the show that I kept thinking about over and over again, preparing for what restoration this Sunday that we're talking about, look, is a show called This Old House. Yeah, oh good, I heard some yeses, excellent. So This Old House, the premise is that they find an old house and they go to renovate or restore that old house. Now, I know some of you here have actually done that work yourself. You've gone in and found an older home that you then have restored. And so you know the pain that can be part of that process and the joy of discovering what 
maybe is underneath some carpet and finding hardwood floors and, and those kind of things. And so the, the great thing about this show is that it is about getting to a restored house. They're, they're taking something that is needing to be brought back, in a sense, to life. Uh, something that served a purpose and, and was flourishing at some point, but now is needing to, to have some work done, quite honestly, to get it to the place where people can use it. Now, oftentimes, those houses weren't that bad off. They were actually quite lovely, and you probably could have lived in them just fine, but they wanted some modern amenities, or they wanted a different flow for the lifestyle that they were looking at. So it was basically, we're going to take this small kitchen, and we're going to blow it out, and we're going to do some different things. But occasionally, rarely, because it would have been hard to to kind of do this, they would go into a place, and, and it would need to be what they would call and what some of you maybe have experienced is a complete teardown. Like there's actually in this old house, not even the bones, not even the framing, not even, now we might take this door and keep it and we might keep this and keep it, but, but everything else, like it's, it, we're down to the foundation and, and even then we might need to do something about it. I think, Sometimes, as we walk in our lives together and we look at creation that is affected by the fall, as we are hoping and seeing redemption, we think about restoration and think that we just might need a teardown, <laughs> that things just might need to start all over again. Now, now, that just might be me. That might be my personality. And I recognize that about me. That if somebody says, let's do something new uh, with this old thing, I think let's just get rid of all of the old thing so that we can just do something new. So maybe it's not that way for you. Maybe you look at it and you go, yeah, but there's this beautiful thing about what's going on in the world today. And there's this beautiful thing that's going on in the world today. And, and there's this that's happening over here. And I, I wouldn't want to lose that if we're talking about restoration. We've been telling the story of God over this Advent season. We've been talking about the fact that this great and mighty and wonderful and true God the one who is above all things, who is filled with mercy and grace and truth, created the world as it was supposed to be. We've used the word fiercely good. That's actually two words. We've used the two words fiercely good to describe what it means, that there is nothing wrong with it, that it is in purity and wholeness and completeness. And that then the fall comes in, that, that sin breaks that perfectness, that things get adjusted and actually the world moves from the order that God has made it into the chaos that now is. But God did not stand idly by. God desired to bring it back to what it was supposed to be. And so in this amazing feat of humility and self-sacrifice, God himself becomes human in Jesus Christ so that we can be redeemed. But that's not all of the story. 
We are now in the now and not yet, the in-between and the waiting that, yes, we are anticipating the birth of Christ as we celebrate it on December 25th. But beyond that, we are anticipating the full restoration, the movement back to the way things are supposed to be. When Jesus makes all things new and returns them to that fiercely good creation. The thing that I hope that you've heard over the last three weeks is this. That yes, God loves you and he moved in goodness to create you. And in that goodness, you have fallen short. You have missed the mark. More than that, you have rebelled. But God did not want to keep you as a rebel. He wanted to keep you as a son and daughter. And so he sent his son to save you and move in your life to bring you back to a place of whole relationship with him with yourself, with everyone else, and the very place that you live. And in that then he is moving us even further saying, I'm not done or it is not complete. That yes, the remnants of the fall stay around. Yes, there is darkness that creeps into the goodness, into the light. But what we begin to recognize that God is moving ever continually to the place of complete restoration. And so we have hope. But when we come to this passage in Revelation, we also see something beyond hope. We see the culmination. We, we see the fulfillment of Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 reminds us that Jesus came and preached peace to those who were far off and those who were near. And that in him he is creating a new humanity that will be a dwelling place of God to be worshipped forever. And so in this passage in Revelation 7, 9, uh, 7, 9 through 17, we see this happening. We see this movement of masses of all people and all places and all nations. That's what we see in chapter 9. This great multitude which no man can number from all nations and kindreds, and people, and tongues. That as we move towards restoration, peace is what happens. Shalom is what takes place. Of bringing us back to where hostility has indeed been put to death on the cross. And so now we live in ways that are for one another and for God. The first thing we need to know about those who are walking in this restoration and peace is that it is taking place even now. That's why we say it's the now and not yet. It's the in-between. We actually possess and walk in the reality that is coming and is already. So for those of us who are in Christ, we move in a place of peace already. We look and say, why must I be antagonistic? What is the purpose of me being on the outs with those around me? There is none. We move in peace, proclaiming God's love and his hope and the joy that he brings. 
We look here and we see that it's not just this gathering of all the people that are around, but we also recognize that these people of peace, these ones who have this center look towards God alone, are those who are also worshiping him, calling out glory and honor and praise to him, calling out saying who he is. And so as people of the restoration and peace, we should be those whose lives are about worshiping God. Now, what does that mean for us today? It means that we walk in ways that we have God being the primary thing in our life. That his desire and his will, his purposes and his means are the things that we with Holy Spirit work to accomplish and be a part of. That we want to give him all honor and glory because in our lives we are being brought to that place through him. And so by doing that, we are lifting him high because his cause is peace. And it becomes ours. But they're not just worshipers who see the grandeur of God. Because that would be pretty amazing, right? The grandeur of God, seeing him high and lifted up, it would make it very easy for us to be like, yes. But it's even deeper than that. As we see later in this passage, what does it tell us about this one that they are worshiping? They recognize it says that they did nothing for their salvation, but their salvation comes from God. To be those who walk in the restoration and peace are those to recognize we cannot save ourselves. That there is nothing that we can do, no systems that we can put in place, no, no direction that we can walk, no philosophy that we can grab a hold of that will actually move us from that place of darkness to light. That will actually take us from a place of death to life. That will take us from sitting on the throne of our heart to recognizing God being the one who is on the throne of our heart. That it takes Christ and Christ alone moving into this world as he did to be the one who brings salvation to us. And so as we move towards restoration, we walk in peace knowing that peace has come to me first through what Christ has done. And so I grab hold of that salvation through the Holy Spirit. I, I recognize that I will fail miserably in my attempts to make my life better. And that that isn't even the goal. But in fact, the goal is for me to make my life in Christ. Completely. And so this restoration that is coming. This beautiful undoing of what is wrong and remaking it to what is right is what we long to see. And God moves in that way through the peace that he's brought to us in Christ. But N.T. Wright reminds us of this. N.T. Wright has said he has dramatically launched this project 
through Jesus of peace. And those who belong to Jesus are called here and now in the power of the spirit to be agents of the putting to rights purpose. That this story that we've been talking about reminds us of this. That those of us that are in Christ are children, people of creation. That means we are created in God's image. We are people of creation. We have purpose and meaning. That purpose and meaning is to give glory to God so that everything that you do, all of your making, all of your dreaming, all of your thoughts, all of your being, you're a person of creation. We are a person affected and bringing about the fall. We are those people who have to live with the consequences of Adam and Eve, but not only that, the consequences of our own hearts turning in on themselves. That we are people who will tend to elevate ourselves in our sheer selfishness, our ego, our desires for pleasure, our control, our power. We will elevate ourselves above what we were created to be, which were those who are loved most deeply by God. But we are people of the cross. We are people of the cross, meaning that we are those who are saved by the work of Jesus. We are those who are claimed by the blood of Christ. We are those who are brought into this new life because of what Jesus did there. And we are people of the resurrection. We don't just have to sit back and go, but we're broken, we're broken, and we're hard, and it's so difficult. We have the opportunity to recognize the brokenness for what it is because as people of the resurrection, we are those who live in hope, knowing that this is not it. That I have been empowered by Holy Spirit to overcome those things that seek to destroy me. Those things that well up within my heart. <laughs> that want to take hold of me. And so we are people of the resurrection. But we are also people of the restoration. That even today, at this moment, we are those who go out making all things new. We are those who in our lives, in our relationships, in the way we engage at work, in our engagement with those at the shops as we're buying the last Christmas presents, when we encounter our neighbors, when we're driving in our car, as we're thinking those deep thoughts, as we're going to sleep, we are those that are people of the restoration, seeking to make all things new, bringing them back into the peace of Christ. And so in every place that we walk, those of us who are in Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit, we move in a way to see shalom. So when we see those who are hurting, we want to bring rest. When we see those who are in captivity, we want to show them where freedom lies. When we see those who are oppressed, we want to cry out for them and seek justice. We move in the place of peace because we are people of the restoration, making all things new. 
And how are we able to do that? We are able to do it because Jesus already has. All we are doing now is looking to what is to come. Believing, trusting, hoping. And we are trying with help from the Holy Spirit to reflect it. To say this is what it looks like. This is what it is. This is how it can be. That means this. <laughs> we cannot allow ourselves, as those who are people of the restoration, to carry offense. We should not be surprised when people disagree with us. We should not be surprised when somebody says that's not the right thing to do. But instead of going on the attack, instead of trying to prove ourselves right, we move into the righteousness that God has given us. Relying on that and allowing our words and deeds to be those things that confront compassionately. To bring about restoration in peace. I hope that as we've heard this story of the way God has moved, it will bring a sense of relief to you. A sense of, I don't have to be perfect and do this on my own. <laughs> that I have been grafted in with a, a group of other people from all over the world, from every tribe and every nation, from every group there is. And we've been brought together to praise and lift up the mighty king in order that we can be his peace on this earth today. Let me pray for us. God, if there is anything that is not from you, if I have said words that do not belong to you or you desire for us not to hear, I ask that they be forgotten, that they go away. But those things that are from you, God, let them take deep root in our hearts so that they will bring you glory and that they will cause us to do the work you have laid out for us to do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.